Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Swim. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a first for us. The Icon is actually running things, so you are not going to hear commercials of How About Them Cowboys. You're definitely not going to hear the end theme song tonight because the icon is taking over. But you are going to hear the icon and Granny Hulkster. Granny, let's bring her on. How are you? I'm good. And you're not going to hear anybody say, touchdown Raiders, thank God. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. You know, yes, I'm a, I'm, I'm a little unhappy. My, my Chiefs lost yesterday. But you know what, fans? Win or lose. Granny will and is and always will be a diehard Kansas City Chiefs fan. Okay, we had one loss. We're going to shake it off. We're going to come back next week, and we're going to kick butt. So that being said, moving right along, let's get in and talk about some wrestling tonight. All right, well, we got our first guest calling in here in about 13 minutes. But, uh, you know, since I now have the password and everything and how to log in this thing, uh, all this stuff, uh, how about them? I'm just going to delete all this stuff because, you know, I'm sick of hearing it. So uh, I'm just going to delete it. Uh, there is a delete button. I click on this, delete it. It's gone. I'm going to get rid of it. Big Swing, unfortunately, is not with us tonight. He's got double duty. Actually, double duty. Double duty real. Double duty. Uh, he would have had triple duty if he would have been on the show, so he left it in my hands. Hopefully this won't be too big of a disaster. I've got us on the and air. Fans, unlike last and fans, week. Now I want to talk we a do, bit well, about last week. Yeah, and, and, and fans, we do owe you all a big apology. I mean, last Monday night there were some technical issues. I don't know what was going on. But, you know, fans, we, we apologize that we weren't on, and then we tried to do a special show Wednesday, and the same situation, same problems. So hopefully everything's under control, everything's back to normal, and we can have some great shows coming up. So, 
Well, we will be doing that. And to make it up for it, fans, I want to let you know right now, next Tuesday night on the 15th of October, we're going to have a special show. We're going to have two a two-guest show, Ronnie Garvin and Conrad Thompson, who is the king of all wrestling podcasts. He has a podcast with Eric Bischoff. He's got a podcast with Bruce Pritchard. He's got a podcast with Tony Schiavone. And he's also got a podcast with Jim Ross. And he's going to be on with us. I cannot wait to talk to him. And I also can't wait to talk to the legend Ronnie Garvin. I've watched oh, yeah. him since I was a kid. And we're going to get him before he goes on his big hunting trip where he's on the way. But before we get into all that, I want to talk about real quick who we got coming on tonight. Our first guest will be Reactive Professional Wrestling. Then we have uh, Mary Kennedy. Uh, she is a comedian, and she's also the star of the TV show that uh, is really popular right now. I believe it's in its third season right now. It's called Shameless. And for all you horny single guys living in your parents' basement, we love you. That's why we're bringing on a special guest. We're going to have Kay Brandt on tonight. She is a porn star movie director for Adam and Eve. I cannot wait to have her come up to the mic, as they say, and rise everything to the top. I'm getting all my (laughs) porn references out there. And also, real quick, I want to talk, I just want to talk briefly about what is going on. Now, I was going to be the bigger man and just let it go and accept my dismissal from Jordan Garber's show cut the promo podcast however i think he's kind of making a little personal he did mention how his show last night how he was going to do after he fired the icon that's all fine and good too you fired me we should have left it that however you still continue (coughs) to use my name and that is disrespectful you do not use my name you cannot use my name at all ever again on your show. My name is my name. I own the rights to it. I am him. You say that you're going to bring the icon back, but I am him. How dare you do that? And if I find out that you are using my name or my likeness or my voice in anything that you're doing, there will be consequences. And it's called gimmick infringement, and it carries a lawsuit. So if you have any plans on using my likeness, my name, my voice for anything, don't do it. You've been forewarned. Now, with that out of the way, Granny, my team won this weekend. Your team came a little short a little bit, right? Yeah, it sucks six points, 19 to 13, you know, but. It it happens, unfortunately, but like I said, we're going to shake it off. We're going to come back next week, and we're going to come back strong. So, you know, I mean, and you can't win them all. Is this? Uh, you know, everybody's been ragging on my quarterback. Uh, I guess some have been ragging on your quarterback with how much money he's making and how much money my quarterback's making. But what's, what's really interesting about what I, I read a, a thing today, that the president of the United States, actually contacted Kirk Cousins and congratulated him on his victory this weekend. Now, 
I don't want to get political on this show because that is not what we are about. But if the no. president were to call me, especially this president, I'd hang up. Enough said about that. But, hey, Kurt, we love you in Minnesota. You know, hopefully you can get us out of this funk. You know, we just need to play better against good teams, and we'll move on and move forward. That covers that. we got about seven minutes here before our guest calls in. And with that being said, I also want to give a shout-out to North Dakota State University, the Bison. Uh, that's Bison with a Z, not with an S. We call it Bison. And we're 5-0. <laughs> and, and it looks like – I know there's a long season left. we got seven games left in the regular season. But the thing is, if – and the talk is this. If there's someone that wants to try and knock us off our pedestal – there's already talk that it can't be done. Our next big test will be South Dakota State at South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. What else can I say? It'll be a great game. It'll be a great shootout. And it is for the Dakota Marker Trophy. I'm thinking we're going to be victorious, but it's going to come down to the wire with that team. Other than that, not looking ahead are not overlooking anybody. I, I just think that we got too good of a team uh, to lose. I, I was thinking that maybe we would lose one or two games this season, but our two toughest tests so far are behind us, and we have one really tough test left, which is South Dakota State. If we can get by that unscathed, whether it's a, a one-point victory or a 100-point victory, it goes in the record books as a W, that's it. It doesn't say how you won, whether it was the last minute. It doesn't say any of that. It's a W, and it gives a score. That's it. The record book does not reflect anything else. So, moving on. We got five minutes before our guest is supposed to call in, and it's going to be reactive professional wrestling. Can't wait to talk to this individual. He's uh, he's the owner of the company, and hopefully he'll be willing to get us some wrestlers on uh, later on in the year. Seems how we are now booked up until uh, next what next September. We're booked something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not that I'm bragging or anything. But I guarantee there's a certain show up in Winnipeg that doesn't have guest book a year in advance. Mm, no, I and don't think so. I, I need I need to explain something too about that. You may ask, well, geez, how does he book guests a year in advance when they don't know what their schedules are going to be a year from now? Case in point, I'm going to explain that. I'm going to answer the question. Case in point, we book people far enough in advance to set their schedule. So they can be on. And if something changes, they can contact me saying, I'm not going to be available September 15th. Okay, so we move into the next week. And then the guest that was supposed to be on that next week, we call and say, can you come on a week earlier? That's what we do here. That way it works out. It's fair to everybody, and it's done the professional way. And we're not leaving our fans hanging. We're not leaving our guests hanging. You know, it all works out for the good. And I also want to thank 
Buff Bagwell, he he could have just hung up on me and not taken my call after two. What happened minutes. last week? Yeah, he could have he could have hung up on me. He could have not been my friend anymore. I explained the situation, and he was completely fine with that. And we're going to get him on eventually in January. Now I also and I will see I will see Buff I will see Buff this weekend icon at CWA in Hot Springs Arkansas against Matt Riviera. Granny and family are going to Hot Springs for a big wrestling show. Cowboy Bob Orton's going to be there. Arn Anderson's making a special guest appearance. Uh, Elijah Burke, the Pope, is going to be there. Some really big names. Buff Bagwell. Yep. Elijah Burke, he's going to be wrestling against my very good friend, Barrett Brown. So, Granny will get to see Buff this weekend. Oh, not the Pope, Pope, but the Pope. Okay. Yeah, Elijah Burke, who used to be part of Impact. Okay. You know, that when you mentioned the Pope, that reminded me of a quote. I don't know if you ever saw the movie uh, Moving, but mm-hmm. Dana Carvey had a great quote in there. He said, well, he probably lent the car to the Pope. Don't <clears throat> let the hat fool you. The Pope's a crazy sucker. He probably blessed the car, got wasted, and just drove it off a cliff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my. Every time I hear the name the Pope, I think of that quote. So, but it, but it's going to be a good, good wrestling show. And you know, Granny was part of a great wrestling show last weekend. Icon, um, it was for WCWA. You know, we had David Smith on our show a couple weeks ago. You know, the definition of definition double D. I call him double dork. But um, Matt Seidel was there, who used to wrestle under the name Evan Bourne for WWE, and Juventud Guerrero was there in attendance that night at that wrestling show. Got some great pictures, posted them on Facebook, and Granny even got to chop a wrestler during the show icon. I posted that picture last night. Uh, uh, one of my friends that was in, in attendance of the show, he took he took a really awesome picture of me giving ruthless Ryan Davidson a belly chop, you know, which it was pretty amazing. And then I got to chop him after the show when I was wearing. See. I had my granny shirt with me because I was wearing my WCWA shirt and I had my granny shirt with me. And so I got to chop Ryan Davidson after the show when I was wearing my granny shirt. But, you know, Tier 1 came out, you know, who Double Dork is a part of. They they formed real, this real team quick, now granny, called our, Tier our 1. Is, oh. our, our guest is here. Uh, I'll let okay. you finish that in between our, no, go, our, go, our guest go is for here. It. So. Go for it. Okay. All right. Uh, so he is listening. So. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, we have the master of wrestling professions. We have the master that owns the wrestling independent business. We have the king of radio or reactive professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, let's bring him on. And here he is. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I uh, I was uh, I was you to go ahead and do that promo. So what I'll do is I'll count you down for five. Then we'll have you do that. Then we'll uh, interview you. Oh, let me. If you're ready. 
you want me to resend it to you? I got it. Hold on. Okay. Trying to do the dad thing. Too. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. We are, we're all trying to do the dad thing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm ready. Okay, right, go, go for it. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, this is the Aaron Wilde. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Holster. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Great job. All right. <laughs> All right. Aaron Wild Aaron Wild is our guest here. We got twenty nine minutes here with Aaron and of course as previously stated. He uh, he runs Reactive Professional Wrestling. So tell us, how long has uh, your company been in existence? Uh, we launched. Uh, it's it's actually Reactivate Professional Wrestling, but we launched uh, Reactivate. Let's see. We we launched back late 2018, but our first show was August 2019. So we've been running a little under a year now. And what was the what was the reception of your first show? Did you sell out? Did you sell it out? Uh, we didn't quite sell it out, but it was it was a pretty great turnout. Uh, we had something new. They wanted something new, something different, different feel. And that's what we were giving them. And how many wrestlers do you currently have on your roster? Oh, my. Um, we have a few in and out. Um, we book talent from uh, Seattle, Spokane, Portland, Oregon, uh, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. So we've got probably about 25 to 28 guys and gals who rotate through. And as, I don't know if you knew this, that I was going to do this or not, but as I gave you your in-ring introduction, I was kind of uh, doing a little audition. If you ever need a cool ring announcer, I'm there for you, buddy. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. That was great. All right. Well, let's and of course, talk about And, of course, your... Granny's really good. Granny's really good helping get the crowd going. I'm kind of been told that I'm a really good kind of cheerleader. I help get the crowd going, you know. So uh, if you you ever need somebody to help the fans, you know, get the crowd going, Granny's your person here. (laughs) Oh, that's always great. Yeah, we've got a. uh, Especially if you got a lot of heels. She she would be great. (laughs) Well, I can talk some pretty good smack to the heels. That's what Granny is known for, so. That's what I do best. That's fantastic. Yeah, we've got a we've got a a well known heckler now who's been at most of our shows and the crowd plays off of him really well too. So, so here, wouldn't this be wouldn't this be great if you could have that heckler on one side of the ring and Granny on the other and the heels in the middle? <laughs> I mean, just think, people would be showing up in drones just to see that. I think that'd be pretty fantastic. 
I well see the thing with Granny is I'm always having to stay one step ahead of everybody because I had a wrestler ask me one night, Granny, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? I grabbed my keys out of my purse and I got in his face and I doubled up my fist with my keys in my hand. I said, Baby, I don't need no curfew. I got keys to the building. <laughs> and he ran off scream and he ran off screaming. <laughs> That's funny. And when we play this back, uh, could you do me a favor real quick? Could you spell your first and last name so I can put that into the promo so they can put that on when they when they replay it, they'll know who's on with us? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You want me to do that now? Yeah, go ahead. First name first. It's A-A-R-O-N. Okay. And, and Wild is W-Y-L-D-E. So now, do people in the wrestling independent circuit refer to you as the wild man? No, not really. Um, it's because I mean, for me, these days, I obviously I'm promoting the show, and then uh, I take on uh, a lot of the ring announcing duties um, and emceeing the show. We may move forward with some live commentary at some point, which I'll probably be a part of but no just uh just uh the Aaron Wild, the general manager of Reactivate Pro Wrestling. Well, you know, n- not that I not that I'm trying to get us a job here or anything, even though it sounds like it and I know our fans thought this was coming, but you know, Big Swing, who's unable to be with us tonight because he's uh covering the Yankees out there in New York where we're being heard right now, uh, he would be he's like another Jim Ross, you know, and I, I'm a great color mm-hmm. guy. You know, if you ever, you know, if you ever get close to our areas, you know, I'm, we would love to help you out. You know, the only thing is I work for hot dogs and a hotel room. So there you go. <laughs> All right. There you go. <laughs> or, or you can put a cot in the arena. I don't care. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your, your shows. How okay. many shows uh, do you have? Uh, uh, do you try and go every other week, once a month, twice a month, every weekend? How often do you have your shows? Um, as of right now, we're, we're about every five weeks. Um, for Richmond, Washington, we are looking at expanding to Spokane and a couple of other other cities as well. Um, so we're looking we're looking to increase our number of days. Aaron Wild is our guest here. We have 23 minutes left with Aaron, and uh, he, of course, as we said, he's the king of reactivate professional wrestling. Now that I got that correct. So, do you with, with your with your different shows? Do you happen to? Um, uh, do you do you do it in different arenas, or do you have one uh, one arena that you have? We use um, uh, Joker's Comedy Club in Richland, Washington. That's our. Up in Yakima as well, but the other the other shows that we have have all been done at uh, Joker's. As a matter of fact, the show at Hop Nation was unnamed. And the other shows have been episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four, and then we're upcoming on episode five, November third. 
And if our fans wanted to come out and see you, how much are tickets? How can they get them? And how many seats do you plant? Can you sell? Um, so the the ringside tickets are thirty dollars. Um, and then general admission is twenty. A couple of our sponsors sell them in their stores, and then we're for this next show we will have them on uh, event room as well for Facebook. All right, and I just want to let you know, every once in a while, uh, as you're talking, your phone kind of gets muffled or something, but we'll, we'll move on. It's no, it's no big deal. Now, if our fans are listening and they show up to your show, what kind of what kind of wrestling are they going to see? Are they going to see, like, off-the-wall, like, ECW stuff? Are they going to see technical wrestling, like, heart legacy wrestling? Or are they going to see a potpourri kind of like the like the WCW used to be? Or are they going to leave the arena going, what the hell was that? That was amazing. What kind of reaction are they going to have? <laughs> what kind of wrestling are they going to see? We've, we've been getting a lot of that. You know, that was amazing. So it's been great. We've had this great reception. Um, we – there's a lot of technical wrestling. We have a lot of – you know, fun stuff that we do. Um, we we're a family show, so so for what we're doing with Joker's as Joker's Comedy Club, we don't do the crazy hardcore. We've had a couple of hardcore things in the past. We have a a Last Man Standing match coming up this next show between JD Mason and Malcolm Flex. Um, they're they're going to be uh, they've been kind of at each other the last few shows. Um, so that's going to be a pretty hard hitting one. Uh, we're bringing in uh, former international superstar Zach Cooper uh, to face Chase James, and that one's just just plain going to be a slugfest. I mean, they're going to punch each other's faces off. So we kind of we kind of cool. give everybody have, everything. Uh, seeing as how I, I like to call him this, and I've named him this, and this will be his moniker for the show. We have the Wild Man, Aaron Wild, with us. We have 19 minutes here left with uh, Mr. Wild. I just got to know. Now you you have you have male wrestlers, obviously you have female wrestlers. Now you don't, and you mentioned it's a family show, so we're probably not going to see any brawn panties matches or gravy bowl matches or women's hardcore wrestling or anything like that, or any cage matches or anything like that. Correct? Uh, not not at these shows. Um, we've, we're talking with some venues that are 21 and older, and we may do some other stuff with that um, at that point. But speaking particularly to our, our women's wrestlers, um, a couple of the gals that, we, that we've been using, uh, the Fallen Flower Yo, and uh, Danica De La Rouge, are coming up with a best two out of three match. They've had their split one-to-one. Uh, they put on two of the most spectacular matches I've ever seen, be it men or women. Um, and so, so I'm really excited about this two out of three falls. Now, did you say Kikyo Fall and Flower? Did you mention? Did you just say that? Yes. She has been on our show. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's fantastic. She's uh, pretty well traveled. She's done a lot of stuff. She is a fantastic wrestler, um, and we couldn't be 
happier to have her on our roster. Does she ever ask about me? No, I don't think I don't think we've ever talked about your show. We might have it in passing, but well, you, well, uh, Kiki you was just asked was, about her. You, you got you guys got to get together to compare notes, you know, on uh, I will. which which host that you've been interviewed by has got the bigger ego. I bet you I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> you always do, Icon. So we got Aaron Wild here. We got 17 minutes here left with Aaron. Uh, we're going to kind of go around the room here, and then we're going to kind of circle back to me. Uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest, Aaron Wild? We got well, 17 minutes. You know, it, it's kind of interesting, you know, because, you know, usually we always interview, you know, a lot of wrestlers, you know, and everything. So my questions are kind of related to the wrestler's part, but the, as far as the promoter part of it goes, um, what has been the most interesting match you have done at one of your shows, or maybe the most memorable, or maybe even the most challenging for the wrestlers? I mean, um, oh boy, we've had so many great ones. Um, I mean, when you've got some of the some of the regular talent that we have, he's so good. <clears throat> Again, people. People sleep on Pacific Northwest wrestling because of the past, but currently the Pacific Northwest is a is just a hot hot bed for wrestling. Um, like I said, Danica Dela Rouge and Fallen Flower Kikio have put on two fantastic matches so far, so I'm really excited about that. We had a um, we had a six man tag match at the last show that had one of the most amazing waterfall finish you know, finisher after finisher after finisher runs that I think I've ever seen super hard hitting and, 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 uh, just loud. I mean, it was, it was hard to, hard to step away. And then our first show, we had one of the brawls step out or fall out into the crowd and fear everywhere and a dive off the VIP section, which was, which was crazy. Um, my heart was beating because I mean, obviously I'm looking at it going, this is like an insurance nightmare, but, uh, our fans loved every second of it. So it is a wild. It is a wild night. You, so it, it's not one of those deals where when a fan comes to your show, it's not going to be match after match after match. There's going to be action packed. There's going to be excitement. They don't know what they're going to get the next match. Is is what it sounds like, which is good. Which is good. I like that. You kind of keep the crowd in suspense, and you keep them coming back for more. Yeah. Exactly. So when is yeah, your that, next that's show? That's been great. November third. When is your next show? November third. And is November, there a name for that, or yeah, is it November episode 3rd. whatever it is? Uh, it'll be episode five, and then we we're calling that one kind of the trick or treat. That's going to be our Halloween show because it's a couple days after Halloween that following weekend. Um, so we're going to make a big big Halloween deal out of it with the kids and things like that. And, you know, we're encouraging them to dress up when they come and including discounts on their tickets and all that stuff. We have Aaron Wild as our guest here. We got 15 minutes left here with Aaron. Now I'm going to ask a couple ego questions. I'm going to ask you a couple hard hitting questions. So be ready. Now the icon made you a cool little collector's card. What did you think of that? I liked it. I liked it. I've got actually got it on the uh, my cover photo on Facebook on my personal page. Awesome. And another thing I was wondering now, do you have 
for your re- different wrestling matches, do you uh, do you guys do posters and promotional material and stuff like that or not? We do most of the time. Last show, we after episode three, going into episode four, um, my partner and I both actually had a lot of like different family stuff come up. So we had kind of a we weren't as you know, we weren't promoting as well as we should have been during the time because we both had a lot of family stuff come up and things we had to deal with. Um, but normally, yeah, we do, we do match announcements and we ha- we'll have our posters. Like we've got a poster coming out here shortly for this next show. Um, so we do we do have a lot of that stuff that we circulate. Our Facebook page, we're pretty active. Um, we usually post at least once or twice a day, um, whether it's uh, something wrestling related or something sponsor related. Well, uh, we also have. I'm gonna put this a, out for you. Okay. Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna put this out right now. Unless you continue, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. I'm, I, if you do any radio spots or commercials for your show, or you put some together, I want you to email them to me. I will put them on the show. I will give you as many free ads as you want. Okay. I will help promote the heck out of your shows. We'll we'll run them and we'll we'll get your name out there. In exchange for I one certainly... thing. Okay. I would like to get autographed posters of your events that we can uh, give away to our uh, to our listeners. Oh, we can de- we can definitely do that. We call we call it uh, well, Granny and Big Swain don't call it that. I I call it ads for autographs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can definitely do that. I, I, I'm actually going to get uh, some. Uh, I'm actually going to get some uh, uh, some uh, uh, shirts made up with that. Being said, uh, we do have a caller here. Uh, let uh, let's bring him on and see uh, if uh, it's our next guest or what. Uh, what. Are you willing to take the call? Absolutely. Okay. Okay, caller, you're on. Go ahead. Hey, how are you? I just want to say, cut the promo rules, Icon. You suck. Garbage from my end. Cut it off, Icon. Yep. Uh, sorry about that, and, Aaron. Uh, so, sorry, uh, sorry, Aaron. Uh, we have uh, what they call uh, uh, it. it some would call it a in the wrestling world. Some would call it a shoot. We, we're we're in battle with another podcast right now, and we're uh, in a ratings war, and we're winning, of course, because you're on the show and you're not on his show. But uh, we'll we'll, we'll I, I I digress, and we'll continue. So everybody wants I'm their 15 curious, seconds of fame, a, right? That's right. right. So I'm, I'm kind of curious as as a promoter, how would you categorize yourself as a promoter? Are you like the Paul Paul Heyman type? Are you the uh, Triple H type that likes to get involved in the storylines and the matches? Uh, are you a uh, AEW? You just let the wrestlers go out there and do their thing? How, what kind of promoter would you consider yourself to be? <laughs> I think at this point, if you ask a lot of the a lot of the men and women who, who wrestle for me. I am definitely the Aaron Wild type promoter. I am very different than a lot. Um, I don't try to get involved, but 
sometimes the wrestlers don't give me a lot of a lot of choice. They love because I'm again I'm doing a lot of ring announcing, so I'm kind of the face of the company. I'm out there, I'm doing all these things, and I'm in my crow's nest up above everything. So I'm right there, visible for everyone, and the wrestlers love to call me out uh, for various reasons. So unfortunately, I get sucked into it a little bit, but um, for the most part, I am fun, laid back. You know, let's go out there and have a good time and do your thing. And, you know, as long as everybody's having a good time, I'm I'm happy. Well, you know, I, and I like how you say that. Uh, so with that being said, now, I, I always ask all the independent wrestlers this question. And since I know you're a promoter, some of it doesn't apply, but I'm going to put it to you. It's kind of a two-part question. Let's say okay. that there's an official from the WWE that comes to one of your shows and sees how you're doing the promotions and sees how you're doing all this stuff. And they say, Hey, how would you like to come be a booker for the WWE? Now, is that something that you'd want to do? If they offer you that big time contract to be a booker, would you take it? And third part, would you not big time us and still talk to us and still be our friend when you make the big money? Um, I would definitely uh, consider the offer. I would have to run it by the wife. I mean, because obviously doing anything with the WWE means picking up and moving. Um, and but I'm sure she because she's super supportive. I'm sure that everything there would be great. Uh, and of course, I I am I love you know podcasts and and conversation and it kind of drives my wife crazy because I will sit and talk wrestling especially but i will sit and talk with anyone about anything and completely lose myself in, in time so that that's cool and i i love how you say you got to run it by the way because you know you you know you make the ends meet but she keeps them tied right exactly exactly awesome so we got we got a few minutes here left uh with uh mr wild now it, uh, just so I promise that you can do this. If our fans wanted to check you out and see what you're doing, uh, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? So we are on Facebook at uh, Reactivate Professional Wrestling. Um, you can search for us and find it. Um, we also have a Facebook group chat for our fans, which is called the Reactivation Chamber. Um, and that's a spot for our fans to post and comment and, and coordinate, you know, parties and, and, you know, tailgates or whatever else they want to do pre-show or during show. Or um, We are also on Twitter uh, at uh, – it's uh, Reactivate Pro NW. And with the, with the Twitter page, you can expect – Wrestling stuff, silly stuff, and some light roasting. Uh, we do tend to take on that, you know, Wendy philosophy that on Twitter we're going to have some fun with you. Um, the YouTube page is all coming shortly. Um, we'll be uploading the raw footage of episodes one through three. And then episode four has been fully edited, graphics cut, and the whole bit. And so that, that whole episode oh. is going to go to YouTube for free so people can watch episode four. That is awesome. And uh, we'll let you do this again real quick. 
uh, tell us again uh, the date and time of your next show, where it is, the address, and how fans can get tickets. The show is Episode 5, Trick or Treat. It'll be at the Jokers Comedy Club at 624 Wellesland Way in Richland, Washington. And the tickets will be going on sale shortly. Again, you can get them at our sponsors, Sunken Tigers Games or Uptown Phone and Electronics Repair. And then we'll also have them available online at Eventbrite through Facebook. And what time does the event start? Uh, the doors open at 4 and the first bell is at 5. Awesome. And how many tickets are you looking to sell? I'd like to sell uh, about 250 would be about where I'd like to be because that would fill the room pretty pretty closely. You get pretty close to standing room only at that point. All right, and then this is my ego talking again real quick. If uh, the Icon can get to one of your shows, would you give him carte blanche, maybe a backstage pass, maybe get in for free? I, I could put you up in my VIP section. Bring Granny with you. Awesome. <laughs> that is cool. Well, I'll tell you what. And, fun, uh, and the funny thing the about Granny is, the funny thing about me is, Aaron, I'm not a wrestler. Even though people think that I am, I'm not. I mean, I've had this gimmick name for like 20-plus years because I'm just a huge fan of wrestling. I love wrestling. Mm-hmm. Me we, too. we we got a few minutes here left. Uh, real quick here. Now, I'd like to set this up and promote your your company and your division a lot to help you out. couple things. You you mentioned that you can get us a, an autograph poster of your next venue. I'll send the address where to send that to. Whatever you can get it to us is fine. Would you be able to hook us up with some of your wrestlers that we can uh, do a, a couple shows with you, maybe get like a couple guys that are going to have a match and have them have a shoot session right on our show. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we could make that happen. All right. Well, what I'll do is I'll be in contact with you, with you this week. If you, uh, I believe you sent, uh, send me uh, uh, on Facebook Messenger, send me your direct number, and I promise I won't call you all the time because that gets me restraining orders, especially with the female wrestlers. But uh, I'll be in contact with you. We'll get you a promotional package, and everything will be great. We'll get you going. Sounds good. I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. We thank you for taking time out of your schedule. We know that you're doing the dad thing, and we want you to have a great night. Thank you for being here, and we'll get you Thanks, on Aaron. with some of your wrestlers. And uh, tell the missus hello. I will. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Have a great night, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Have a great night. You too. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. That was Aaron Wild, the wild man, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it looks like our next guest is uh, waiting in the wings, waiting in the green room. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce her. We'll get her going on go here right it. after I introduce her. And then uh, she can uh, say the promo right after I introduce her. So, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the star of the TV show Shameless, and she is the funniest female comedian in the history of female comedians. Ladies and gentlemen, she'll treat you like a Kennedy because she is one. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mary Kennedy. 
Hello, this is Mary Kennedy, and you're listening to The Attitude Era, live with hosts, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Hi, guys. Hello, amazing job. I'm good. I'm calling you from an undisclosed location in uh, North Hollywood, California. So it's good to hear you guys. Okay. Well, you know, it's you know, you know, it's okay to uh, you know that you uh, that you tell us where you're at because you already have a restraining order against me, so I can't come to you anyway. But anyway, <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Actually, I'm in the green room, and I walk down the hallway. So yeah, no, I'm yeah, teleporting you to you. Yeah, walk down the aisle. So <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's fine. I, I no, but I'm glad to talk to you guys, and I love that you said I was the star of Shameless. Um, you know, new Fiona was a recurring for six episodes, and I was the new daughter of Daddy Frank. And I wouldn't say I was the new improved daughter of Daddy Frank. I was the the not so improved daughter of Daddy Frank because Fiona, the star star, was Emmy Rossum. So, just want to put that out there. <laughs> well, well, let's let's let's. We'll, uh, what I want to do is I want to talk a little shameless, and then okay. uh, we'll. Uh, uh, then I'm gonna. Then we're gonna. Then we're gonna talk to comedy. Then we're gonna get kind of crazy with you a little bit, just to just okay. to, just to give you a forewarning. We have uh, Mary Kennedy here. We got 28 minutes here with Mary. So tell us uh, how you got involved in Shameless. What you had to do. How many different auditions? How many different callbacks? How how they found you or you found them? Tell us a tell, kind of give us a walkthrough. Okay, so I've been um, out here in Los Angeles for about 19 years. And my first break was I was on the show ER. Do you guys remember ER with uh, George Clooney and mm-hmm. John Leguizamo and Noah Wiley? One of Wiley. my favorite shows. One yes. of my favorite shows. And, uh, and Goose. And Goose. Yes, I love him. Everybody calls him Goose. Yeah. So um, I was cast as a recurring cop on that show. A cop, not a doctor, a cop. And uh, the casting director that cast me in that, John Levy, cast me in Shameless. Well, the director did. And so I ended up, they kept calling me in after I booked the job on ER, and then they ended up having me um, come in for Shameless. And I went straight to producers and directors, and I auditioned for them. And I kind of knew after I left the room that I was probably in the running because it felt really, really good. And then next thing you know, the next day I got called and they said I booked it and I booked six episodes and I auditioned on a Tuesday, got called on a Wednesday, was on set on a Thursday and I did um, a nude scene on a Monday. (laughs) I did. I did a nude scene on Shameless, everyone out there. Hello. Well, uh, no. uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, uh, I was going to kind of get to that. I was going to kind of save that as a surprise, but since you brought it up, we'll get into it. Uh, But Mm -hmm. before we get to the nude scene, uh, because I've seen it, uh, DVR'd it, stop, pause, rewind, slow-mo, zoom, we'll we'll get to it in a second. All right. You know, you mentioned, I hear you. You mentioned you were, you were mentioned in ER. I got a quick funny story about that. I had a history teacher I didn't like, and his favorite oh. TV show was Ur. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I said, uh, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention his name, but uh, uh, I said, hey, Mister, uh, don't you mean ER? And he says, I know how it's spelled, Scotty. Oh, okay, good, <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Uh huh. 
Yeah, that's so, a popular joke. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So with this new scene, and I'm gonna we're gonna kind of go into it. I was gonna save it. I wasn't gonna bring it up, but she brought it up. We gotta go to it because our fans expect yeah, me course. to talk about it. Of course. What? Okay. Did what did people see, and how many different downloads of people our listeners going to see on Mister Skin tonight after we talk about it? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Let's let's have a moment. So before you go in for an audition like that, and if there is nudity, you have to sign a rider saying you accept it. And so my husband's half Italian, right? And he was not happy that I was going to be doing this because of his Italian, you know, bravado, very small Italian bravado. But anyway, he said to me, he goes, I don't know what I feel about this. And then I told him how much I was getting paid. And he said, run along, go, go for it. And uh, so basically you have to sign a release saying that you're willing to do that. And so I knew that that was going to be the case. And I am in the women of shameless. And uh, if you go on some sites online, you probably, if you put in my name, you can see all of it. So I walked out of a shower. And when you're in a shower, you're not wearing clothes. So you can just imagine. So basically, basically you're all wet. Kind of. I mean, what you see on, on, I wasn't really in a shower. There was steam above. And then I basically went into the hallway and there I was. So, yeah, awesome. in my and, in my birthday when, suit. <laughs> so, and when they when the director told you that you were going to be nude in this scene, now I'm not going to get too personal, but when they told okay. you you're going to be nude in, in this scene, did you think at all that this was this could have been out of your comfort zone, or did you once you got uh, the paycheck, you're like, hey, go ahead. Well, so here's the thing. I had been asked um, probably four years earlier to, um, I auditioned for Deadwood and they wanted me in my bra. And so I had to sort of address that, you know, with myself and say, is this something that I want to do? Because by day, I am not playing the character that I played on Shameless. I played, I played an auto work prostitute, but by day, I'm a mom. Like when I'm not acting, I'm a mother. I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, nobody on set when I was uh, filming in Chicago, when I wasn't in costume, they didn't know who I was. So for me, I had to sort of think hard, hard about it saying, is this something that I want out there? Now, here's the thing. I wouldn't do it for anything. It was shameless. You know, Ian McDonald was my director. He's a fantastic director. William Macy was my dad on the show. Emmy Rossum directed me in an episode, you know, it was John Wells production, Chris Chulak, you know, all like sort of the, the big wigs, John Levy casting. I mean, it was an opportunity that I couldn't give up and it was so part of the character. So for me, because it fit into the character and it was something that she would do, it didn't scare me. Um, it did the first time I walked out and, and it was a closed set. Now, when you do nudity, it's not like this, glamorous thing it's very technical and so it was a closed set I was very protected by the people on set um and I just you know and everybody on Shameless everyone's done a new new something I mean all the adults have done something new everybody so it's sort of a rite of passage which is really cool now 
I'm going to ask one more question about this, and we'll get off the subject because I know you don't want to. We we didn't bring you on to talk about nudity, but I'm enjoying it. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, so let me ask you this. So let's say that uh, you know with with the internet, and you you said you have you have a son or a daughter or one of each or. I have one of each. Yeah. You have one of each. And, yep. uh, well, you know, let's just say that maybe their friends are cruising the Internet and, you know, they type in your name and they see it and they, they say, hey, I, you know, I, you know, was that you or how would you respond? Hello? Did we lose her? I think we might have lost her. Well, she's still on. Are you there? Is is the mute button on? Or do, I mean, no. Maybe something's wrong with her phone. Wow. This is interesting. Well, fans, it looks like we're having some technical issues here. Hmm. So she's still on. Can you hear us? Well, obviously we can't hear her. Hmm. Wow. Well, fans, I don't know what's going on here, but. Oh, here, let me try something. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe something wrong with her phone. Maybe she's having issues with her phone. Well, the call dropped. Hold on a second. Well, if you're listening, call back in. <laughs> well, fans, we certainly do apologize for that well, mix-up. Oh, I'm not sure I get, what's okay. going on. I, I, I see what's going on. I see what's going on here. She... uh Hmm. Well, hopefully she'll call back in, fans, and we can finish this amazing interview. So. Okay. Well, she, oh, okay. Hello? Yes, sorry. Mary, well, Mary. I don't know what happened. <laughs> we're, back. Right, well, I don't, we're back. We're okay, back. Mary, 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 Mary Kennedy's our guest. We're, we're, I, I'm not going to ask the uh, – we're, we're getting off of that because uh, I thought maybe I upset you and you hung up. I'm not going to oh, talk no. about it. We're done. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's move on. Uh, yeah. We have Mary Kennedy's our guest. We have 19 minutes left, and uh, – 
by the way, you're you're awesome, and uh, uh, you know if hopefully I uh, thought maybe after the interview you dropped the restraining order, but I'm guessing not. Anyway, we'll move on. So you're also <laughs> a comedian. It's so fun. It's so fun. Listen, as an actor, you have to do so many things. I mean, and so it was part of the character. So I'm good. Okay, you're also a comedian. Yes. Now, I put out a comedy album myself a couple years ago. It went aluminum. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. See, everybody, everybody like, what do you mean it went aluminum? It means I sold two copies. It went aluminum. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so now how long have uh, do you you still do comedy, or how long uh, had you done comedy before Shameless? And uh, tell us about your comedy career. So I started in New York uh, 22 years ago. I just did the live version of Funny Women of a Certain Age. uh, That's Showtime's uh, live uh, comedy tour of the special of the same name. And so I've been doing comedy, started in New York, then came out to L.A. And uh, I performed at all the clubs. Um, I've also done comedy festivals, Boston Comedy Festival, and just been, you know, doing the circuit, was on the road. Now that I have the shameless credit, I do headline all over the country, and I'm very popular with women, you know, of a certain age. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, I, I, love, I love to tour, but I also like to do comedy in L.A. and New York and Boston. I'm originally from Boston, so I really love going out there to do comedy. So now, when you uh, when you do your shows now, I'm always curious. As a comedian, do you tell the MC how to introduce you, or do you let them do kind of like what I did and give you the best introduction you've ever had? Oh, that was the best introduction I've ever had. Um, no, I give him the shameless credit for sure, especially when I'm you know when I'm headlining, they're coming to see me, and you know my my credits, and I also recur on Conan, so. Conan, uh, you know, I do sketch for them. So those are like the two credits that I give. But I also am not a type of comic that's going to sit there and give like a whole page of credits. You know? That's awesome. See, yeah. that, that's where that's where you and I kind of differ because uh, last <laughs> time I did a comedy show, I gave them a page and a half of stuff to say. And then by the time I got on stage, everybody was like, he didn't do all of that. Anyway. <laughs> Well, and sometimes, so, uh, you know, if they don't have. Questions. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, what I was going to say is sometimes if they don't get your credits beforehand, the MC, which is probably the hardest working person in show business, they'll just say, you've seen her on VH1, you've seen her on, you know, Mad TV, you've seen her, they'll just throw credits. And you're like, I was on none of them, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, we have uh, yeah. we have the great Mary Kennedy star of Shameless here. We got 15 minutes here left. I want to ask you one more question. We'll let uh, Granny kind of ask you a few. Oh sure. If I were to uh, if I were to uh, send you uh, uh, an address on on Facebook Messenger, do you think you might be willing to send us some autographs for some giveaways for our listeners? Of course, I have some um, shamelessly shamelessly funny female T-shirts. I have some headshots that I can uh, send to them where I look a little bit like new Fiona. I'd be happy to. Awesome. 
I can so, you guys uh, Granny, uh, we got uh, Mary Kennedy here with us. We got 14 minutes left, but uh, go ahead, Granny. Well, I got a couple quick questions for you. You know, you were talking about being an ER. Um, how many years did you were you on that show, and what was it like to work get to work with George Clooney? Because I mean, he's always been one of my favorite actors. Well, so I didn't get to work with George, unfortunately. I got to work with Luca. I was on season twelve, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I got to work with Shane West, who's also equally good looking. And when you meet them in person, it's hard to speak. I'll be honest. When I met Luca, who is the hot sort of doctor, I think from the Ukraine or something, I don't know, Yugoslavia, mm-hmm. um, the, the EU or something, he, you know, was gorgeous. And to talk to him and to just be in his presence was pretty amazing. But I think almost the really incredible part, as much as I was a cop, I was taking a statement from somebody in the emergency room trauma where they were doing surgery. And so I got Mm -hmm. to see all the technical aspects of the hospital drama. And I got to um, see Dr. Fred, who actually was the, um, he's the doctor, the head doctor for research on the show. And I just got to really sort of look at how they do a show like that, how they do a medical drama. And when you walk in to the set, it looks like a hospital. It doesn't look like, you're on a set. You feel like you're in a hospital. It was really neat. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, my other question is, I mean, you know, you said you've done comedy, you know, for like 22 years. Who inspired you to get into that business to, to become a comedian? Did you have anybody particular that you idolized, that you enjoyed watching doing comedy? I mean, you know, I my mother actually – um, pushed me to perform. My mom was a professional musician growing up. My mom had a band and she was always really funny. She was really, really, really funny. But I think the the performer that I idolized growing up was Carol Burnett. I used to watch mm-hmm. Carol Burnett and Friends with my mom. Um, and, you know, I just, I loved her energy and I loved how comfortable she was on stage and how funny the sketches were. Um, so she sort of, you know, her and Joan Rivers, Ellen, you know, I also, you know, I also looked at uh, male comics as well. Dennis Leary, I really like, Bobby Collins. Um, So, you know, I I watched a lot of comedy growing up, Eddie Murphy. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and the fact that I now am doing stand-up and I also have, uh, you know, I have an hour now. It's it's really hard, but it's also really rewarding when you also get to meet – um, these icons. I met Rita Rudner last year. That was incredible. You know, and you know, you just keep doing it. But we're all in the same place. Like when I worked at uh, Stand Up New York in uh, New York City, that's kind of where I got my start. You know, Ray Romano would walk in, and Robin Williams, and Jerry Seinfeld. And once everyone hit the stage, we're all sort of doing the same thing. I mean, even Jerry Seinfeld said to me, "He goes, I'm sorry, I have to bump you." I'm like, "It's fine." Like, and to watch them work you know, was really, I mean, it really sort of changed the trajectory of my career. Because once you hit the stage, we're all running jokes. We're all trying oh, yeah. to figure out what's funny, you know? Man, that's now, amazing. I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of yeah. curious, you know, when you're, when, when you're backstage with all these great comedians, and, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned some icons, but I, I'm sure I'm one, probably one of the biggest icons you've talked to. Uh, at least in my yes, at course. least in my mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Now, 
Now, do you ever, and I'm going to ask you what what the, if there's a policy or if there's uh, uh, professionalism that goes in this, like what, like when you're, like you're meeting Seinfeld or Robert Williams, let's say that uh, you like, are, are you allowed uh, to go up and say, hey, can I get your autograph or would you sign the CD or what is the protocol for that or does that just not happen or is that not allowed? Well, you sort of have to figure it out. I mean, I just did NostalgiaCon with the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, by the way. I'm a huge fan. Um, and I was their moderator for their panel. And so I got to meet a lot of um, stars over the weekend. I got to meet Patrick Duffy and Cindy Williams and Eric Estrada, not to mention the Glow Girls. And I think you sort of have to, you have to, and I know them, but I mean, they're like family, but I think you have to sort of figure out where they're coming from. If it's a work situation and you're doing stand up with them, I almost feel to go up and be like, sign my CD. It puts you in a different, it puts you as a fan and not necessarily somebody who's aspiring to be, you know, to be of that level someday. So I kind of don't do that but with the world of selfies. Like, we didn't have selfies back in the 90s when I started. So, you know, I just, I really didn't ask for autographs. Sometimes I get a picture, but for the most part, I didn't. Um, and, you know, listen, I was I was totally fan-struck when I worked with Bill Macy. So, but I kind of play it cool. And then I sort of feel it out. I hope that answers your question. Well, yeah. See, I, you know, I was, I was always wondering how that works because I'll admit, you know, like, you know, for, you know, you being on the show and, you know, being able to talk to you and, you know, I, I hope you consider me a friend and all that. I hope you do. But, you know, the thing is, it's like, I'm kind of different. You know, it's like, I always put uh, superstars and stars like you on a pedestal. You know, it's like Aww. I'm down here, you're way up there, and I mean, to me, you know, you guys are kings and queens and gods and princesses, and you know, it's like I myself <clears throat> am an autograph hound. I'm an autograph nut, you know. But if I ever get to that level when I'm where you're at, uh, which would probably never happen, but uh, unless oh, I sell stop. about five thousand yeah. more CDs, or if I sell sell everything I own, I can buy you lunch. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, the thing is, I always wondered how that works. It's like, you know, if you're allowed to take pictures with people you work with, get autographs stuff, now I know. And uh, I'll know how to, you know, I'll know how to uh, to approach it now. And you taught me that. I appreciate that. That's a good lesson. Well, and and you'll know the people that don't want it. I mean, you know, there was, there was some people at NostalgiaCon that, you know, unless you were going to pay for a picture with them, they weren't interested in it. But you know, they were, they were really impressed by the shameless stuff. And so, and we all started there. I mean, listen, we all started at the same place, you know, and my, and that's why I like to mentor people that I teach actually acting and stand-up comedy classes. You know, I like to mentor people, you know, I, I like to inspire people because at the end of the day, I'm a girl from Boston, you know, Marblehead, which is 20 minutes North, you know, and my mom was a working, you know, single mom. You know, and, and like, I can't forget that. And I'm not, you know, listen, I'm a character actress. So a character actress, you know, we work all the time. You don't necessarily know who we are. So, you know, I, I'm not going to get too big for my britches, as my grandmother would say. <laughs> so I'll you know, sign that, an autograph you know, for you. Awesome. <laughs> well, you know, that that's awesome. And, 
you know, you mentioned you're you're with the Glow Girls. You know, we've had every one of them on our show. Who is well, I don't know if you'll you'll answer this. I'll understand if you don't, but who is your favorite to hang around? Well, I've gotten very close with Roxy Astor. We did the vagina monologue that Sheena Metal directed and then we did the play after Glow the Musical. Um, and I played Jackie Stallone in the musical and Sheena played um Oh my gosh, I'm having such a I'm having menopause right now. Who is the other manager? Jackie <laughs> Stallone and was it Mama? I, she played Mama, she played yeah. the other manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she played the other manager and Roxy wrote this and so I really got to work with her and get to know all the glow girls. I mean, it is like family. She's brought me much like Shameless. Bill Macy brought me into the family, right? She brought me into the glow family. And I and I truly well, cherish our friendship and everybody else. I mean, Sunny, MTV, you know, Gremlina, you know, uh, Ashley. I mean, all of them. I'm I'm missing somebody. I'm so sorry, but I mean, they all were amazing at NostalgiaCon. I mean, they really were, and they're they're normal, down to earth people with a lot of glitter. I mean, they're really fun. <laughs> Well, you know, I'll tell you what, you, you mentioned Roxy and she is uh my my all time uh my favorite as well. And she has done so much for me. Anytime I need an autograph or a picture or something promotional that I can help with my charity, she's always right there, you know, and mm-hmm. she's awesome. And yeah, they uh, all are, kinda, I mean that's kinda cool. Yeah, they really are. And, you know, I got to meet Mondo Guerrero this past weekend. I mean, I just, and the fans are incredible too. So, I mean, I can't really just pick one, but I have to say that to watch and to watch the fans go crazy when they see them, it's, it's like nothing I've ever seen. Uh, Mary Kitty's our guest here. We got four minutes here left with Mary. So, well, I'm kind of curious, uh, do, uh, like when you're out in uh when when you're out and about doing your normal daily stuff uh do uh do people recognize you when you're out in public um it's interesting because like i said because i did play an out of work prostitute <laughs> in in the midwest so you know um and if you see my costume on shameless it's not something you wear to go to the bank but um if people ask what I do for a living um, and I tell them I was an actress and then they say, Oh, what do you want? What have you been on? And then I told, tell them shameless. Um, then they see me and they go, Oh my gosh, it's a new Fiona. And so it's, Oh, hello. Hello. No. Hello. What's happening? Uh, I think I don't our, know I'm what's happening. Our next guest on and that, I know what's happening. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get our next guest on and, uh, Hello. I, uh, I'll do. Yeah. Hello. Are you there? Hello. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with these phones. Are you there? Is, Hello. Well, hold, hold on one second. Uh, <laughs> is uh, is it uh, is this Kay? Yeah. No, this is Mary. Oh, okay. There you go. Hi. Hi. Okay. This is Mary. Okay. Is, is Kay on with us? I'm here. Okay, I'm gonna uh Kay, I'm gonna put you on hold and then uh I'm gonna finish up with this guest and we'll uh then we'll go to you. Okay, you got it. Okay. <laughs> okay, I hope I muted the right one. <laughs> 
Uh, Mary, is this you? No, I'm here. I'm still here. Yep. I'm still, I'm still on. I'm still live and we're back. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so. Okay. Mary, you're still, you can still hear me. I can hear you. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, let, uh, this, 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 I know this is really riveting radio for people. So, uh, Kay, I know you can hear the, hear the show, uh, Hold on. Uh, we'll wrap this up, then I'll introduce you, and then we'll we'll go into this. So just hang on one second. Okay. All right. So real it. quick here, Mary, I, I apologize. Uh, we we got okay. uh, two minutes here left with you. Uh, so if our fans wanted to check you out and see what you're doing and go go check out the comedy show, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? <laughs> so if you go to M Kennedy, like the president, comedy that's all my handles twitter instagram facebook um and for the ladies that are going through uh menopause i want to pitch my uh private page called uh midlife mood swing and the menopod vodcast i do a vodcast weekly with sue merlino and we talk about the terrors of going through menopause so you can check that out too plus um, you guys, all over the country, you can check out the live show, Funny Women of a Certain Age. I was in the shows in L.A., but that's also something something that I've been involved with as well. So, And then you can always check out my comedy stuff. I always post on the Facebook, um, and you can always reach me. You can PM me if you want to know my dates. And uh, I can send out merch to people, too. So I'd love, love to connect. That is awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we do appreciate uh, you taking time out of your schedule to be with us tonight, and uh, we would like to have you on again. Uh, if we haven't Love scared away too bad, uh, we do appreciate uh, everything you do for us, and if uh, whatever autographs you can send us or whatever care package you can send us, we'd appreciate it. And uh, you've been awesome, and uh, thank we you. thank you for being on with us. Thank of you. Of course. Thanks, and I'll Mary. talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Mary Kennedy, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, uh, now that uh, uh, the surprise is over, I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce uh, our next guest here, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll go ahead and uh, do this. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is what you would call the director's director. And I am telling you, I love the type of movie she directs, and she's going to tell us about that. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Kay Brandt. How are you? Hey, this is Kay Brandt, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with hosts the Icon, the Big Swing, and Grammy Hulkster. Awesome. So Kay Brandt is our guest here. We have... uh, 45 minutes with you if you can stand us that long so tell us give us a little background about uh, what you do and uh, who you do it for Um, well I'm a writer and director of adult entertainment and I make movies I've been making movies adult movies for over a decade and I primarily at this point in my career make big budget movies for companies like Adam and Eve 
and um, a German, I mean, a, um, a French company called Marc Dorcel, which is pretty legendary as well as Adam and Eve. And um, I just wrapped a very interesting, completely unique project for a um, company in Barcelona, Spain called Eritola Cinema. That is awesome. And how many how many feature films would you say that you've directed? In adult, I have directed over 60. I lost count somewhere, but it's definitely over 60. And with with that, now does Adam Neve come and uh come to you and say, uh we have a we have a movie, here's the script, we want you to direct it or we have a movie idea. No. We should write it and direct it. How does that go? The only time um, in the ten years that I've been directing um, adult entertainment that I've actually been handed a script was like six months ago, seven months ago, when I was offered to um, direct scenes for a company called MindGeek, and they write all the scripts in house, and they just basically handed it over to me and told me exactly who they wanted me to cast and exactly the props and everything I was supposed to do. It was really just about connecting the dots, which was fine. It was cool. And uh, But that's the only time. That's the only time. Uh, everything else I've done, I've written myself. Can you let us know some of the cool titles that uh, that you've written? Uh, well, I mean, it. I, I, how long do you have? We only have 45 minutes, and I love pretty much everything that I've written. So, um, in the well, I'll tell you what, give us your top five. Give us your top five. Um, yeah, it's such a hard one because I would say that if you're going to go by my most visible project to date, I would say that was Babysitting the Bomb Partners, which I um, adapted from a New York Times best-selling novel. That was actually um, higher on the New York Times chart at one point than Stephen King. So um, it was a big deal to direct that one. It was a big deal to actually write the script from the book. Um, There's a long story that goes with that, but that book sold more than 2 million copies worldwide, and the movie has done exceptionally well, too, and has broken sales records for some online distributors, in fact. So if you want me to go on with my top five, I would say number two would be Safe Landings, which was a movie I made based on a book that I wrote, a novel that I wrote um, in 2015. And that was the very first time that anyone in the adult industry has ever made a book into a movie. So that was a pretty big deal. And the fact that I was making my own book into a film was even like more um, mind-blowing, actually. It was, it was something that I never, ever, ever thought would happen for me. I never thought that I would get an opportunity like that. And, but I did, and there it is. So now I've made, well, I've made nine books into movies over the past four years. Now, when you're writing the book, do you, like, are you like thinking as you're writing them like, geez, I'm going to turn this into a movie or this would make a great movie or do you like sell it and then decide to put it into a movie? How how does that process trouble? Well, you're talking about two different things. If I'm writing a screenplay, then yes, obviously I'm writing it to make it into a movie. If I'm writing a manuscript, I'm writing it to make it into a book. And then you don't know from there. Like I'm in a unique position to make books into movies. And so every time I write a book now, and, and actually I've only, 
um, been working on one over the past year because I've been thankfully really busy making movies this year, um, but I haven't had much time to get back to writing books. But, um, you know, I mean, you could say that I, I often write books. Um, in fact, the book I'm, I'm, I've just finished up and will be published later on this year is called Naked 2, which is the sequel to Naked 1, which was a, a book that I wrote that I also made a movie based on. So I don't know. You never know. I don't know if Adam and Eva's interested in making a sequel at this point, but uh, it's there. <laughs> so... Uh, Kay Brand is our guest here. We got 40 minutes here left with Kay. Uh, you know, being a director for Adam and Eve, and we all know that Adam and Eve is the is the prime adult, you know, company. Right. When you Novelty when you company. started when you started, yeah, when you started huh? with them, uh, did you uh, did you go in and uh, apply? Did you no. send in? Uh, well, how did you get hooked? No, up? you know the the adult industry is a small one, and at some point or another, everybody knows each other, whether we've met or not in person. Social media has that amazing ability to make people feel a lot more connected than they actually are, and so uh, they they knew of me when I was offered the chance to direct movies for them in 2015. They knew of me because uh, several years previous, in 2012, I won some big awards for a pretty epic project that I wrote and directed called uh, Cherry Episode 1 and Cherry 2 for Digital Playground. And nothing like those movies had ever been made in adults until I made them. I actually went into production in December of 2010. They were released in 2011 and then the January awards of 2012, I was um, awarded nicely with best picture, um, best all girl movies from Avian and XBiz and also night moves, which is um, an industry award ceremony that we honor and celebrate that takes place in Florida. And I actually was there last year and they gave me an award for lifetime achievement. And I thought this is so funny. You know, it's like it's only been 10 years and I'm getting a lifetime achievement award. Does that mean I need to retire now? I don't know, you know. But um, anyway, so it, it was uh, it was a project. And I actually, um, they knew about me then. They knew, Everybody knew about me then that was in the industry because I was doing something so different with those movies, the Cherry movies. And years later, I actually wrote those movies as a series of books. And they're bestsellers. They're called The World of Cherry, uh, one, two, three, four, and five. And six is coming out next year. But um, the first book in the series has, is usually in the top ten on Amazon under lesbian erotica. And I think this morning it was number five. So That is awesome. I'm going to ask one more question, we'll, uh, then we'll have Granny ask a few, and then we'll come back to me. So, you know, you, you, know, you mentioned, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, the adult film industry doesn't really have, like, an Oscars and, like, an Emmys or anything like that, but they do have an award show. Oh, it show. does. And, you know, no, you they have a couple, you but a you had to. But see, that's where you're misunderstood, because AVN is like the Oscars and X-Biz is like the Emmys of the adult world. So you have to think of them in those in that context because they're that big. And in your, you know, in your your career, how many different awards have you won? Or is there too many to mention? And what 
Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I probably won maybe like six or seven awards, maybe maybe ten. <laughs> no, I probably what, I, what I think I have about fifteen awards now, about fifteen. In this, in aside from the lifetime achievement award, which it would be too easy, what would you say is the favorite thing that you've won? Your favorite award that you're most proud mm-hmm. of, besides the lifetime achievement? Um, I love when I win for best sex team. And I've won many that of those you directed awards. Or you <laughs> no, I don't perform, you, but I do? directed, yeah. Okay, all right. I, I just I just want our fans to be good like. Uh well we got uh we got uh Kate Branch here and I am enjoying I am enjoying this interview and uh you know, uh <laughs> we have thirty five minutes here left with Kay and uh like I say, uh, all these single males that are li- our single male demographic are just tweeting in and are just logging <laughs> on like crazy right now, listening to this interview. And oh uh, uh, yeah, do you follow th- me on Twitter? They can follow me on Twitter. Huh? But yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, I Brandy, they can tag me in if they want. Well, you know, right. I've been we- really enjoying listening to the interview, you know, and everything. And being a writer and a director, I mean, that, that's that got to be amazing. Uh, what has been one of your most challenging books you've ever had to write as a, as a writer? I mean, oh, Safe Landings was by far the most challenging. Um, it, I mean, I've written books that have driven me insane while I was writing them because I just, like, you know, like I have a, I have um, two books out called um, Lusty Lawyers and Their Innocent Interns, Volume One and Two, and those books are pretty um, frustrating to write because they're, they're, it's, it's um, over the top comedy, and so sometimes I always think that maybe I'm writing too, too, too over the top. It's hard to know, you know, mm-hmm. um, but they sold really well for many years. So <laughs> I did something right with those, and they're very dirty and naughty, and but they're fun too, and that's what I like. I like to put some fun in my erotica. I don't think erotica always has to be so completely serious all the time. It seems like the majority of erotica is dramatic, but you know, I like to laugh during sex and I think a lot of people feel the same way so why not put that in movies you know or in a book so but Safe Landings by far was the um, most challenging because I was on a very tight deadline to make this book happen and in previous years I had written that story as a short story I had written it as a short script to possibly film but I never really thought about writing it as a novel and when I actually sat down to write it, it was it was kind of overtook me. And it's a very dramatic, very emotional, kind of dark, erotic story about these two women who survive a plane crash and then get in a relationship with each other in recovery. Wow. So yeah, so it's um it's 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 complex. It's more complex than I think a lot of people might assume an erotic novel can be. It doesn't follow any type of stereotype. In fact, it breaks a lot of molds. And it has been a con- consistent bestseller for me um, over the years. And the movie that I made based on that book sold really, really well, too. So um, 
I don't know, I tapped into something with that, but it was it was at times painful to write that story. It was there's some very real, some very deep and dark emotions about anybody who's ever survived any kind of crisis in their life can relate to. And those are tough emotions to write. Plus, I didn't want the emotions or the sex to dominate. I wanted everything to sort of flow together. And so, and I think I achieved that with that one. But there was always a question in my head when I was writing it, if I was really doing the right thing and telling the story honestly, which is important, um, or if I was just kind of flubbing my way through it. And I think I definitely came upon the honesty of the story. And when you read it one day, you, you might feel the same way. Okay. Well, I kind of—that's what well, I got. Well, you know that's so. awesome. How, how long did how long did it take you to write that novel, and how many pages is it? It took me a year to write that novel, and it's uh, novels are usually classified at anything. You know, it has to be at least like forty-five or fifty thousand word count. So you have to at least achieve that, and I was I was well over that. I was probably in the sixty thousand, maybe sixty-five thousand words. Wow. Now, if 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 you, if you could indulge us just for a little bit, uh, you know, and I'll understand if you don't want to if you, if you don't want to go down this road, I'll understand it. But you come <laughs> up with it? an idea. Of, you, well, you come up with an idea for a novel. You write that. You, yeah. You write your your draft. Okay. And then okay. now after you wrote your draft, uh, what happens after that? Uh, do you have to do you look for different places to submit it to? Kind of take us through the process a little bit. Yeah, I did. I did because I didn't expect to leave the adult industry when I did in 2012. Um, It was just time for me to take a break due to a number of circumstances that were pretty much beyond my control. And the healthiest thing for me to do at that time was just to take the ideas that I felt I wasn't going to be able to continue like the Cherry series and just write them, write stories. Because bottom line, those stories are mine. I created them and I can do anything I want with them. So that's what I did. I turned them into a series of books. But I wrote Cherry, the first the first book in the World of Cherry series, as a um, as a trial book to send to publishers, you know, as, as, as proof of my writing. So I felt a lot of stress when I was writing that book. And it's so funny because years later I realized I really didn't know much when I was writing that book. But I know somebody who knew a lot less, and that is the woman who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, and she and she is a multimillionaire off of books that she barely even knew how to write when she wrote that first one. But um, anyway, so uh, the it it, it was um, interesting. I sent the book out to several different publishers, and it was hard to find the right fit. And I sent a query letter to Selena Kitt's company called Accessica. And it was when she read my manuscript and offered <clears throat> to take me on in her publishing company that I found a home. And from that home base, I was able to create more and turn out books whenever I wanted because Selena Kitt has a, had a very liberal publishing policy, which is the authors were in charge of the dates that they published, and that is something that you just don't find, especially with most other publishers, especially the big ones. They dictate everything to an author. They tell you when your book is due. They tell you when it's going to be published. Uh, they t- they decide the the covers and the artwork 
and they usually edit the book in house. And it was not like that with Felina or with Extensica at all. It was far more independent, which I thought was really super cool. And I don't think I would have published as many books as I published in a short period of time if it wasn't for her very relaxed publishing structure, which worked for a lot of authors. She had hundreds of authors signed with her at one point when the book market was really cooking. But unfortunately, the book market took a dive a couple of years ago when Amazon changed their policy for paying out authors. And um, every, a lot of independent publishers closed shop, including Selena's uh, Accessica, which is temporarily, for now, closed to submission. So. so once you send off the book and uh, you get it back, do, do they do they like – do they, they like proofread it for you, and they say, "Oh, this is too long. You need to cut out some things." What what goes on after uh, after no, they send it back? They do. A lot of publishers do that, and I have signed with publishers in other genres that do that. And I found that I don't like it. I don't like waiting for other people to tell me when and where I can publish my material. I don't like being controlled that way. And Selena is just like that. So. Uh, we found a connection by the fact that her publishing company was so um, open and that she put a lot of the responsibility on me to deliver a finished product. So I hired an, I, um, you know, I hired an editor to go through my drafts and to help me finalize my scripts. And my husband started making my box cover, box covers, my book covers for me so I could save money on that because when you're a new author and you're not really making any money, box, uh, not box, sorry, I'm thinking of movies, but book covers co- can cost up to six or $700 for the artwork. That's a lot of books you have to sell to make that money back in the first place. So <laughs> I was really happy when my husband offered his services and together we sort of, um, pioneered off into the land of, you know, writing and creating books from start to finish. It was a crazy ride that led me right back into making movies, which I didn't see at all back in 2014 when I published my first book. So anyway, it's been an interesting journey to say the least. With with all that being said, then you you go through the process and and I do apologize if, you know, this is a, kind of redundant questions or you don't want to answer them, I'll understand. But, uh, you know, for our listeners here, because, you know, we have, you know, we have, uh, you know, such a good time with you. I'm going to get to the juicy questions in a little bit. <clears throat> I'm kind of curious about okay. the writing aspect because I want to write a book myself. Uh, you know, I put out a comedy CD a couple of years ago that went aluminum and uh, <laughs> my, uh, my book would probably go, uh, I don't know, uh, birdcage liner or something. I don't know. But anyway, so, you know, when you when you get all the book finalized and everything, now do you like uh, do they like send you uh, do they like send you a box of books uh, that you can keep for yourself and give to relatives and fans and whatnot or uh, does that not ever happen? Do they give me books? Does the publishing company give what? me books? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Uh no no not at all um only electronic copies so um I got electronic copies in every format that was uh, applicable then like uh Nook and Kindle and there was another one 
that uh, fell away by the wayside. Um, but no, I bought I, anything. I only have one book that's actually out on paperback, and that's Safe Landing. So I bought I bought a couple of copies of that. Yeah, because I was I was always kind of curious, and I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are curious. Like, you know, you like have like a whole box of uh, of one book like in your den or something, just sitting there in a box, you know, <laughs> saying, "Hey, this this is book one, this is book two. Here's a box of my third book." But that that's not the case. If you want to if you want a no. paperback or hardcover copy of your book, you got to go buy it yourself. You don't get those. Yeah, you might get one copy, like even my movies. I only get one copy. <laughs> no, I get like five copies from Adam and Eve of my movies, and I definitely have bins. I have bins of my movies, actually. But um, uh, but books, no, not that, not 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 the case. So here comes the ego question. I know our fans are uh, uh, knew this was coming. Uh, you know, you mentioned you have uh, bins of your movies. If I were to send you uh, an address. Do you think you'd be willing to send us a few autographed copies for giveaways for our big December show we got coming up? Of what? Of my movies or my books? Well, either or. I mean, movies I could send you, but not my books, okay. no. I mean, I can I can, uh, well, yeah. can send you electronic copies, but paper books cost $15 a piece. <laughs> so no. <laughs> Well, well, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, if you could, if you could send us a few autographed copies of some of your movies, whatever you want to do, you know, that's cool. If I were to buy some of your books and send them to you for you to autograph, would you do that? Yeah, that's fine. There's a, there's an actual site um, called Authorgraph, and I'm on there, and you can actually request an electronic signature on any of my eBooks. So and and since all of my ebooks and I have over thirty books published, um, you know you can request any of those books to be signed on on autograph. Otherwise, you would have to send it to me and then I can sign it and send it back. Awesome. So we got uh, we got Kay Brand here. We got uh, twenty two minutes here left with Kay, and uh, this has just been an awesome interview and. Like I say, the people signing in and listening to this interview right now is just completely off the charts. And uh, would you be willing to take some fan questions? They're 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 texting me some questions. Would you be willing to take some fan questions or not? Sure, sure. Okay, one question here. This comes from uh, I'm an adult king at Yahoo. He writes, when you're directing a adult film, what is it like? Having to tell the actors to do what you want them to do, I, I, that's the uh, abridged version of this question. What is it like actually directing an adult film? It it's more than I can explain in twenty two minutes to tell you the truth. And I've over the years, over the ten years that I've been directing adults, there are gazillions of interviews with me. All you have to do is Google my name. Um, you will find a ton of interviews, and all the interviews, I always get asked that question, what's it like, what, what is it like? And I understand that I'm a fish out of water in the mainstream reality of life, but um, I understand why it's a curious thing, because to a civilian, it's 
it's shocking, most likely. And I can honestly say that the very first time that I directed a sex scene, I was completely and totally uh, freaked out. I was so nervous and I was so, um, you know, I just, I didn't really know what to do. How much do you tell them to do? Do you just let it happen organically? And the answer is yes. It's both of those things. You, I do tell them what to do, and I let it happen organically. And that's just how it is. Usually, 90% of the time, the sex scenes that I direct are within the context of story. So the sex scene most usually, 90% of the time, has to flow with the dialogue and the scenario and the actual, you know, it has to make sense to the story. It can't just be these people are lovers in real life, but then the sex looks porno. That's just not what I wanted to do at all. I wanted to create a more realistic look and feel to what I was producing, what I was directing, and I think, you know, 10 years later, I've achieved that. But what do I tell them? Mostly the biggest comment I, I give them is to get their hair out of their face for the women because hair gets in the face a lot and it does no good for my camera. So uh, moving legs, moving arms so that the, our, my cameras can get in closer or get a better look or offer a better angle. And those, those, those are the things I tell them. That's awesome. Uh, we have Dave Brand here. we got 19 minutes here left. And uh, uh, I'm kind of stammering over myself. I'm kind of speechless because that, that's kind of an interesting response. But uh, my ego is kind of creeping in here. You know, you mentioned you've done all these interviews. With Is this one in your top 20? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I, I just had to ask that. So, okay. Now, you know, you've uh, – you know, you – you know, you are uh, you are definitely uh, a big star uh, director in the business. How many uh, how many uh, projects are you working on right now? Can you tell us about what you're working on right now? Um, right now, I'm in a writing phase. Uh, September was a really busy month for me. I shot, I I wrote and directed three pretty big features. Um, bang 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 and it's exhausting and a ton of work to actually make that many movies in four weeks but I did and um you know these are things that you won't hear in mainstream because it takes it takes you know at least six weeks just to make one movie so we do function differently I function differently I'm a very efficient director so I get a lot of shit done in a very short period of time and I turn out great product so um so September was busy, and the, I have these three new projects that are coming out. I actually just got um, a part of one for my editor today to view, so I have to do that when we get off the phone. And that's exciting because that one is the very first time that I actually made a movie about a, a female MMA fighter. And I thought that was super cool. Uh, totally different, and my editor is gushing about it. He thinks it looks fantastic, so that always gives me hope, <laughs> gives me something to hold on to, some positive reinforcement because I worry. I worry about everything. I worry about how the final product's going to look. You know, I'm only as good as I am on set, and then I send everything to my editor, and then it's, it's in his hands. So if he likes it, it's good. So uh, I'm taking a little break I from filming so I can get ahead of myself with scripts. And I have three scripts that I'm writing, and I'm finishing up a manuscript. So I'm pretty busy. 
So, what is it? Uh, what is the name of the MMA fight movie that you got coming out? Or has it it's not called Body Slam. Yet? It's called Body Slam, and it's produced by Adam and Eve. And um, it's actually what we call in the book world a reverse romance, which means that typically in romance, it's the man with a lot of different female choices to date and to, to go to bed with, whatever, right? So reverse harems are uh, quite popular in erotic literature and erotic romance books. Um, and basically the premise is, uh, the base premise for all reverse hands is that it's one woman with multiple men to choose from. And as you can imagine, that this, that, this genre is quite popular with many, many millions of women <laughs> around the world because it's a fantasy to be one woman with multiple male choices who all love her and all want to be with her. So basically, Adam and Eve love the idea of this. Our book adaptations have been extremely successful. So they um, wanted to pursue a different genre within the literary world and bring that to life. So... Uh, I haven't written the books yet, and I may or may not. That is to be decided when we see what the final outcome of the first release is. But it's called Body Slam, and <clears throat> there's a lot of there's a lot of action in it. So I think men will really dig it. And there's romance for women, and for men and women who like both of those things, they're gonna love this. Well, you know, I'm gonna throw this out there. If you uh, for that if for that feature, you know, if you need a uh, if you ever need a uh, 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 new-to-the-form actor, uh, you know, I, I work for free. Uh, do you fight? I work for free. You can hire me. <laughs> I work for free. She said, do you fight? <laughs> Icon, do you fight? <laughs> uh, I'm, do I, I fight? You know what? Unfortunately, I don't hire amateurs, but thank you very much. Okay, well, you, well, you just broke my heart, but anyway, no, I'm kidding. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's better to know the truth up front, in my eyes. Well, true, true. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Body Slam, I, I, I like that. I'm definitely going to check that out. Cool. Well, you know, I was looking at your it, list of books that you that you've done, Kay, and one kind of uh, touched my interest a little bit. You know, people. They, you know, people nowadays, you know, they love the reality TV shows that, you know, yeah. they have on, like Survivor and everything. Yeah. And one book, um, it was called Naked, touched my, yeah. caught my eye about the the reality show. Can you share a little bit about that book with our listeners? Yeah, that sounds actually, like an interesting I can, book. I can refer you to my YouTube channel, and if you look mm-hmm. at my YouTube channel, you can see the trailer. And okay. Because I made naked into a movie and um the trailer has like 350,000 views on it it's pretty popular <laughs> wow. and but it's a it's a romance story about a man and a woman who meet as strangers naked on a reality survival reality show but naked goes one step further the reality show is part of the story, but the real story is about the relationship that develops between the two main characters when the cameras are not on. So that's 
probably different than what you're expecting with that. There's well, a real yeah, yeah. story I mean, that I, happens. I like a good, I like a good romance story, you know. Anyways, but you know, when I have time to read books, which <laughs> here lately has not given me a lot of time to do a lot of reading, unfortunately. But well, that's the cool just, thing about Kindle is that Kindle allows you, <clears throat> or, or Nook, or whatever your device is, you can do it from your phone, your iPad, anything. You just download the eBooks and you read them at your, you know, whenever you're carrying around your 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 computer, you can read it right from mm-hmm. your computer. That's, that's awesome. Uh, and I do have one audio book, and that is Hot Wives and Their Dirty Desires, which I did also make a film about, uh, from as well. Um, so it's probably the only adult movie that actually has a book component and an audio book. For those who like to listen, they can find it on Audible. You know, and the cool thing is, there's also features on Kindle and uh, um, the Nook that uh, if you have a newer version of those, uh, you know, you can actually set it up to have them read the book to you instead of having to read it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, is that cool? Yeah, it's kind of like a, a, a it's kind of like a book on tape, but not, you know. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, we have uh, Kay Brand here, and, uh, you know, you, you've just been awesome. And we have a couple other questions here. Uh, we have one uh, fan that writes, when you're directing your scenes and you ha- you choose the sets, do the sets get built, or do you go to different locations where these sets are at? No, it's, it's sometimes it's just a location other times I build it. Like I just did a movie that takes place within a, a traveling burlesque club and we built that. We had to build that in the loft in downtown LA. But um like for Body Slam I actually rented a gym location and that's where we filmed inside that gym. And it was horrible. It was sweltering. There was no air conditioning. It was just these big giant fans. And we were just dying. <laughs> we were so, it was like 100 degrees, and it was just kind of steamy and foggy inside from all the sweat. But we powered through it, and I think that I've created something very original and um, something that can really bridge the gap between uh, a husband and a wife or a boyfriend and a girlfriend that can't decide on what type of adult entertainment to watch. They might be able to find common ground with that one because of all the action. There's four fight sequences in it and three sex scenes. So. That's awesome. Uh, James Marks writes, have you, uh, have you ever got to work with Jenna Jameson or China? No, they were both out of the industry by the time I started to get really cooking. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have, have question directed. Here, then, uh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. I have directed a lot of legends, so um, Julia Ann, India Summer, uh, Nina Hartley. So. That's awesome. And uh, we have one other question here. Uh, then we'll uh, – we got about nine minutes here left with you. We do appreciate you taking time on your schedule to join us. Uh, uh, the fan writes, when you're uh, selecting uh, actors and actresses for your films, uh, do you make them audition or do you, do you know that you, who you want uh, right away? 
I uh, sometimes <clears throat> I audition and stuff, but I really don't do it as much as I used to. Back in the earlier days of directing adults, I auditioned a lot because I really didn't know the girls. I really didn't know the the talent. So, um, and the last time I held a big scale audition, it was for babysitting the Baumgartners. I did hold an audition for Space Landings, and that is how I found my cast. Um, everybody in that movie actually did an audition for me, which means it's just like in mainstream, they sit down with the script and I tell them to read a couple of pages with another person in the movie or somebody else who's auditioning and I get to see it live, you know, get to see how they, if they can really act. But uh, cold readings or those types of auditions are not easy for everybody. And there's a lot of adult performers who, you know, who wouldn't ever even go to an audition, even if it meant them not getting the role just because they're just not actors. You know, but I knew that for St. Lennings, I was going to need actors, and I knew that for babysitting the Baumgartners too. Uh, that search for the for um, Sarah Love, who played the babysitter in that movie, as well as Adventures with the Baumgartners, the sequel I made six months after the first one. Um, you can uh, you can see what a special find that she actually was, and it took me. I went through a lot of girls that I auditioned for that role until I found Sarah. Sarah was really the best one. And if you look at my YouTube channel, you can watch the trailer and you'll probably agree. And do you have a release date for Body Slam yet? Um, no, because it's not finished. So it probably won't be out. The earliest I'd say it would be out would be December. January is probably more likely. And they'll, uh, and if our fans wanted to, uh, Check you out and uh, follow you. Do you have a Facebook? You got a YouTube? You got a Twitter? You got a Twitch? You got a GoFundMe? <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> I've had um, all of those things at one time or another, but I do not have a GoFundMe or a, what would you say, Twitch? No, I, you know, I have, it's so time consuming keeping up with multiple social media platforms that I can't imagine taking on anything new unless it supersedes or is better than what I'm already doing. And as you know, you found me on Facebook. You can find me at K-Brant, K-A-Y-B-R-A-N-D-T. Um, I have a YouTube channel where I update with interviews and movie trailers and sometimes behind-the-scenes clips. And that is K, the initial K, Brant, B-R-A-N-D-T. Uh, please subscribe and uh, leave comments. Leave nice comments. Tell me what you like. Tell me, tell me what's working for you. Um, let's see. What else do I have? Twitter is my former imprint that I had at Digital Playground, and that is Jewelbox Films. That's J-E-W-E-L-B-O-X-F-I-L-M-S. And uh, Instagram is where I'm most active. I post a lot on Instagram, a lot of pictures, over 1,600 pictures on there. And that is K-A-Y dot Brandt, B-R-A-N-C-T. And, again, you can Google me, and you'll see all of that stuff come up. <laughs> you'll see it. You know, you'll, you'll get a link to interviews and all that. You can find Go me ahead. on LinkedIn, too, but I'm not, I'm not very uh, – I'm not very cool on LinkedIn. I barely ever post anything there. And is there a, is there an adult star that uh, you'd like to work with, either from the past or the present? And if so, who would it be? Um, yeah, I don't know about that because I pretty much work with everybody I want to work with and everybody that I do want to work with currently and anybody that I 
will want to work with I haven't I don't know about yet. That's cool. So yeah. we got uh, we got about four minutes here left with uh, Kate Brandt, and like I say, you've just been awesome, and you've been you've been so informative. I I just wish we had another two hours with you because I know you got you got stories that you can tell us. But if we haven't scared uh, yeah, you too much, maybe you want to come on with us again. Sure, sure. All right. So I'm happy to. Uh, yeah. you yeah you have Body Slam coming out. And uh, you're currently working on uh, a novel. Uh, now, once you finish this novel and finish Body Slam, do you do you plan on taking a break, or are you going to go right into no. setting up another I never take or writing breaks. another book? Mm-hmm. The only time I ever take breaks is when I, it's really kind of forced upon me, <laughs> you know, where there's just nothing going on at the moment, or I'm in between projects, and there's enough uh, – gap between them that I can, you know, take a couple of days off or a week off and sort of regroup. And that's important for creatives, especially because the ideas just don't happen naturally. You know, it's like any great story has, has been fleshed out and gone through multiple drafts and that is all very time consuming. And I'm working on a screenplay right now based on a horror novel that I wrote called Souls, S-O-L-E-S. And I'm turning it into a screenplay, and it's challenging. It's very, very challenging, and I'm on the second draft, and there's times when I just want to throw it out the window and never look at it again, and there's other times when I feel really inspired and I feel like I'm on the right path writing that script and hopefully get the opportunity to make it into a movie one day. So, yeah, um, I don't know. As a writer, you know, when your work is dependent upon getting those work, that word count out and getting stories finished, you really don't deserve to take a break unless you're making millions of dollars and so far I am not but hopefully that will change in the future that's awesome well we got about uh, 30 seconds here left with you Uh, we do appreciate uh, you being on the show with us and uh, we definitely love to have you again and you've been awesome and if you ever need anybody to uh, carry your bags or shine your shoes (laughs) or uh, uh, you know comb your hair, whatever, uh, ah. clean out the camera lens, I'm your guy. <laughs> well, you have to take a long-distance flight. got to take a flight out here and make that happen, but um, I will definitely keep you on my radar. Well, I'll tell you what, to work with you, I'd roll a boat there. <laughs> okay. I'll keep that in mind. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we thank you for joining us. And, uh, Thanks for being I, I on. You're you welcome. Address on, uh, I, I sent you that address on Facebook, Venture. Whatever you can uh, send us for giveaways, uh, we'd be more than grateful. And you have been awesome. You got it. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, Kate. Have an awesome night. Take thank care. You. you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Real quick here, I just want to let everybody know what we got coming up next week. Uh, we got uh, Larry Jones. We got Philip Stamper, and we got Robbie B, ladies and gentlemen, the son of the great rock and roll legend Bobby B is going to be on this show. And in two weeks, you want to join us because uh, we're going to interview the guests and the director that's going to be doing the documentary about the icon. We're going to have uh, Mike Brayton. We're going to have Sue Ann uh, Benson, who's going to provide the music. And we're going to have wrestler Freddie Kassar. So it's going to be action-packed. We're blowing that show up in Winnipeg right out of the water. Stay with us. Stay tuned. We're always rocking. 
he's not, and this is great. Well, fans, uh, have a great night. We had a great show tonight, didn't we? We did, we did, and we made it through it. Believe it or not, we made it through it. You did an amazing job, Icon. I I know Big Swing would be very proud of you. Uh, I I I was I was nervous doing uh doing everything, but uh well, I'll tell you what. We thank you for joining us and tune in next week. We will see you then. Dead man walking. You got it now.